planet. For more info, go to danimalplanetradio.com. I am absolutely starving. What the am I going to eat? Chinese? No, Mexican? No, not today. Aha! Portillo's! This looks good. Opened in 1963. Says they're the largest privately owned restaurant group in the Midwest. Eh, let's take a look at your menu. Award-winning ribs. Chicago's number one Italian beef dipped in gravy? Oh, God. Oh, these are... I don't know. Burgers, char-grilled Italian sausage, grilled chicken sandwiches, salads, chili, fish? My goodness, what don't they have? Oh, my God. They even cater to new private parties. What the... 34 Chicagoland locations, including Phoenix and Los Angeles. What is this place? I can't decide. Where's the number? 630-851-5151. Nah, I better go to Portillo's.com. I can sit on my tush and have it delivered from their online store? Truly amazing! Wow, every menu item is less than 10 bucks. Small price to pay for my big appetite. Oh yeah, Portillo's, baby. is available by visiting animalplanetradio.com. All right. Where do you think you're going? And now, let's start the show. Oh, hell yeah. That would be great. And a very pleasant... Good day to all of you. I'm Dan McGinnis. It's time now for another radio show of Danimal Planet Radio. Glad to be back. Uh, before we get into uh, today's guest, I just want to uh, uh, catch up and uh, announce a few things. For more info on this podcast, um, please visit DanimalPlanetRadio.com for a bunch of other cool and I guess I, I think it's cool stuff. Dan McGinnis Media. Dot com for uh, a little bit of uh, everything that I do. You can find me on Twitter. Um, don't necessarily go on there too often, but I do get notifications. So if you, you know, chime in on shit, then uh, you know I'll probably hear about it. It's Twitter at Dan underscore McGinnis and on Instagram at Danimals Planet. So if you're on there, check it out. Uh, Credence Clearwater Revisited is also on Instagram, uh, but um, I post pictures and videos from our shows and experiences on the road so if you want to feel like you're part of the action get on instagram touring with uh credence the last uh, few years has granted me the privilege to work with uh not only uh my brothers and uh great people uh on and off the stage uh great experiences all that stuff but uh very happy to work with some really cool companies like sennheiser Proud endorsement partner. We use their uh, 300 and 500 series wireless and in-ear monitor systems. Uh, top of the line, all the way around. Uh, just excellent quality, signal strength, all that stuff. Uh, Sennheiser, shaping the future of audio, 70-plus year history of innovation. Visit them at Sennheiser.com. And for West Tone Audio, based out of Colorado Springs, Colorado, for our in-ear wireless buds, we use their UM Pro Series buds. Uh, since 1959, westtone.com. 
com. Special thanks to Fishman Inspired Performance Technology. I've partnered with them and proudly use their SA330X PA system. Uh, several of my friends actually have them as well. Um, outstanding quality for uh, live, you know, reproduction of sound. Uh, I've seen people use them uh, for, you know, speaking engagements. And I use them for my uh, solo uh, acoustic gigs whenever I play them. So, uh, outstanding quality. The Guild guitar that I play most of my shows with, the, there's a, a Fishman pickup in the guitar, and I just love it to death. In tune guitar picks, they make our custom picks, or my custom picks. Uh, they were my first endorsement. Uh, in tune GP.com and also Jim Dunlop.com. Dunlop make picks for the band as well. Uh, shameless mentioning, uh, shameless mention of our, the Patreon page for the show, um, patreon.com slash Danimal Planet Radio. Um, if you'd like to become a sponsor some way, shape, or form of the show, it is greatly appreciated. I don't know what the big deal about Cracker Jack is. Did you ever go and buy a pack of Cracker Jack thinking you're going to get a prize and find no prize <laughs> in the box? That might not sound important to some people, but when, you, when you're a little kid, especially from humble origin, and they cheat you out of a prize, it's hard to think in laudatory terms of the product. <laughs> I Do take it there was an occasional box of Cracker Jacks that found no prizes for, uh, the, the, for the little Harry Carey many years ago. <laughs> You got that right. <laughs> that boy went a box of Cracker Jack to me, man, a lot of money. That's the most asinine marketing I've ever heard of. One ball, one strike. These guys say, well, you you sing about Cracker Jack. I said, that I only sing it because it's in the song. Pitch foul back. And I wouldn't be a bit surprised, even to this day, some youngsters who buy a box of Cracker Jack don't find a prize in the box. Well, if you're going to talk about our congressman being crooked, why not talk about commercial products that don't do what they represent to do? Your products are very delicious. Um, so my next guest here on the show uh, is uh, a gentleman named Tom Lemaine, or Thomas Lemaine. And I met him when we were playing in Atlantic City, geez, easily two, three years ago. Uh, I met him through Stu Cook, our bass player. Um, and I'll find out from Tom, you know, how he and Stu actually uh, know each other. So looking forward to uh, speaking to Tom. Uh, a while back, I uh, requested, uh, you know, like a bio or something from him because there's, you know, him and I got to talking to uh, backstage after the show about, uh, you know, sports announcing, which I do and, and Tom has done and broadcasting and, and just a whole bunch of other stuff that Tom has just had like a fantastic career and exciting life. And I was like, man, you know what? I would love to do a podcast with you. So literally for like two years. You know, I'm ready to do one. He's busy working or out of town, and when he calls me back, I'm not at the computer. Uh, so he's got over 40 years' experience as a sportscaster and on-air meteorologist, 
in the Philadelphia television region. He was uh, on the air as a radio personality on WIP for 15 years, a bachelor's degree from Fordham University and a master's from Drexel. Uh, Tom also enlisted in the Navy and went to Aviation Officers Candidate School in Pensacola, where he earned his wings as a Navy carrier fighter pilot during the Vietnam era. Pretty badass. He's also a champion Western rider with his horse, Sky King, a native of Atlantic City, uh, according to the bio that he sent me uh, last year. Uh, currently the chairman of the Atlantic City Boardwalk Committee, also pretty cool, executive board member of the Philadelphia Sports Riders Association, executive board member of the Atlantic City Waterfront Foundation, and vice president of Atlantic City's first ward, board member of the Citizens Advisory Commission, and is a consultant for emergency management officials in the area. How the hell does he have time to do all that awesome stuff? And uh, we are going to find out right now. On Danimal Planet Radio, as I am calling up Tom on the Danimal Planet Radio line. Hello, Tom. Dan, how you doing? Oh, I'm great. How are you? I'm fine. How's that job working? A PA job? Well, you know, I'm uh, I'm in Chicago now, so I did it all of last season, and I, I like we talked about. It was awesome. I loved it. Sitting um, rinkside between the penalty boxes. Uh, it's, it's is great, isn't it? It's the best seat in the house. It's just the the best it's seat. The greatest, it's the it's the greatest sport to watch in the world. It really is, and and being at the ice level, and you know, my head is down looking at script, and somebody gets checked into the boards. It's like whoa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you were uh, you yeah, were no. you were great and very encouraging and, and very supportive. Uh, so thank you for that. So yeah, I, I only got one season under my belt, but um, down the road, I'll I'll definitely be doing it again for sure. Well, I'll tell you what, Dan, from uh, someone who. Among other things, has done that. Uh, I, I got more enjoyment out of that than I, anything I've ever done. I mean, it's such a great sport, spectator sport. And I'll tell you what, dealing with the players of a four major sports, Dan, the hockey guys are the most straightforward, nicest, regular guys I've ever met. That's an excellent point. And I was at the professional level, but two levels below uh, the NHL, and it's almost same like thing, they're, it, they're like all, all even nicer because they're they're still you know striving and everything to get to that next level uh, in the NHL. And, and or just bunch, and they're a bunch of straight shooters, you know. They don't give you the normal uh, locker room. Uh, no, nope. nah, I got to do a better job, or uh, yep. you'll get them next time. You know, you don't get any of that stuff from hockey guys. That's you get a, the real. You get the real deal from that's them. that's such an excellent point. So thank you. Um, for uh, helping me throw this together. Yeah. We've been trying for a while. <laughs> glad it worked out. I'm glad it worked out. Man. Yeah, so we're... Okay. I'm, I'm happy for you. Thank you. And where, where do we find you today on this Friday? Well, I'm home. Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, it's one night I'm not going anywhere. I've had... Uh, let's see. Uh, I saw a professional hockey game, the Flyers. Hmm. Uh, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, I went to my Alma Watson's basketball game. They played LaSalle here in Philadelphia. And uh, last night I went to the Sixers Brooklyn Nets game. Wow! And tomorrow, uh, tomorrow there's an afternoon game, uh, Flyers in Winnipeg. But tonight is my only night off this week. Well, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you're you're quite in demand. So uh, this well, is it's no, it's, it's so great to get you on here. And I, I got to let's I, let's start from the beginning here. Uh, we met in Atlantic City, obviously after one of our shows. How do you how did you uh, come to meeting Stu? Well, I've you know I've always been a uh, a fan of CCR. Sure. I mean, I uh, remember when I was in, you know of one of my professions in life when 
I was a disc jockey when I first broke in, and I um, I first heard you know a record on the air by these guys. And I'm going, wait a minute, I, I, this is a very unique and different style of music. I, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to pigeonhole. It's a little bit country. It's a little bit rock and roll. It's a little bit blues, and um, a little bit and cool I, too. And I just, you know, just from playing, you know, I had the opportunity when new records came into the radio station uh, myself and the program director would screen them and uh, he and I would uh, knock heads to see if it was the kind of record we would put on the playlist sure and, and I <laughs> said oh, now this is uh, these guys you got to know who they are they sound like their country Fogarty sounds like he's from I don't know where he's from but he, I, never, I never think he's from Northern California right yeah and uh, that's how that's uh that was my first exposure to them, Dan. That's fantastic. So was this, um, according to the uh, the bio that you sent me a while back, uh, WIP, is this the, the station that you were working yep. at? Okay. Yes, and WIP in Philadelphia. Oh, that's fantastic. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at this thing, and I read it before I called you. And I'm, I'm wondering, how does a guy like yourself with all of these cool things, how do you have the time to do all these things? Like the... You know the boardwalk committee and, and sports writers association. We we talked hockey, and then you're a meteorologist, and it's just you've you've had such a fascinating life and career. I, I think it's amazing. I find time because I want to. That's uh, you know you um, you know I'm at a point now where I do what I want to do instead of what I have to do, <laughs> and uh, everything I'm doing is certainly what I want to do, yeah. and. Uh, and you know, uh, you know, you gotta stay active, Dan. Too, you know. Yeah. I stay sharp. I mean, uh, just yesterday, uh, the day before, a guy who does a sports talk show called me, um, and uh, he talks. You know, you can talk about any in Philadelphia, any of the four major teams. But he wants. He calls me every once in a while because he wants a briefing and my opinion on the Flyers. He said, <laughs> "You're the only guy I trust because you're there at all the games." And uh, you know, I he said I. I get the the real scoop from you because you're right there all the time, and uh, mm. um, so you know, and I enjoy that. I mean, you know, I I I did sports for so long in Philadelphia that uh, it's pretty tough to take the sports out of me. Well, that and it's got a reputation for being a tough sports town. So to work in and around that for as long as you have, also, you know, bravo. <laughs> it is, and when you say tough, it's tough love. Yeah, uh, sports town. Um, you know, because for instance, basketball. Uh, I did seventy six of basketball for for ten years, uh, play by play on in color on television, and that is a challenge. If only because Philadelphia is unique that it has five major college basketball programs within the city. That's incredible. No other city has that. No. I mean, you start with Villanova, Temple, St. Joe, Penn. I mean, and and because of that, the Philadelphia basketball audience is very sophisticated i mean there's not much you can get by sure a philadelphia basketball fan that they don't already know and that makes it tough you say tough it makes it tough on the 76ers because if a fan if the fans go to a sixers game and they're they're astute enough to know who is who is doing good and who's putting out and who's laying back they'll let you know about it because hey we can go see a big five game and see guys play basketball the right way Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and that's uh and i in in many ways that describes what you just said was tough i can imagine and like you know i got the uh, pa job for the rapid city rush i had done some hockey before but it was like you know 
you know, this is my first season and I was, you know, picking your brain a little bit. Um, and, you know, as the season went on, I got more and more comfortable with it. Um, and there's, you know, not a whole lot of sports in the Black Hills. So we didn't, you know, I didn't have that pressure of, you know, you know, it being a 50, 60 year hockey town. The team had been around maybe 10, 11 years at that point right. with not much success. They had a championship under their belt and I certainly hope they get another one. But yeah, like you mentioned, I didn't. I didn't even know there was what would you said five universities in in the Philly area. That's five. Well, five uh, basketball is more than basketball. five universities. Right, right, but right. There's right. five. There's five uh, Class A basketball programs. Uh, you know, uh, Temple and, and and all of them have won NCAA championships. Mm. You know, St. Joe, Temple, and Villanova has won three, mm. two in a row, and uh, it it's uh, and they're all within the city limits. Uh, colleges with great basketball programs mm-hmm. and um, that's uh yeah it's unique there's no other city that comes even close to that so with your i mean you've got such an extensive career and background with the sports announcing let's switch gears to meteorology like how do you i mean that sports are very demanding and time consuming you know let's talk about you being a meteorologist i mean that's quite a combination sports and weather together on well you know that happened, you know, simply by accident. I, uh, you know, I was doing sports on Channel Three uh, for, like I said, ten or twelve years, and and uh, at one time the uh, news director came in and said, "We want you to do the eleven o'clock weather," <laughs> and I had just done the six o'clock sports. Well, there was a hurricane off the southeast coast of uh, the United States, and uh, Hurricane David, and the full-time meteorologist at Channel Three had been sent down to cover the storm uh, down to Miami. And they decided at the uh, 11 o'clock news, they wanted a weather presence. In addition to the anchors, they wanted somebody to deal specifically with the weather and the storm. And uh, I said, well, <laughs> what makes me that <laughs> that person? They said, well, you know, you're a pilot in the Navy. You must know something about the weather. And uh, mm-hmm. I said, yeah, well, that, that was all military training, and uh, sure. well, you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, you'll so be I fine. Said, okay, it's your, it's, it's your dime. <laughs> and uh, the the uh, full-time meteorologist at that time, and he was a meteorologist, uh, he, uh, had, he was doing his own forecasting, so we did not have a weather service uh, to call and say, hey, what's the weather going to be? We did our own forecasting there. Sure. And, uh, you know, I walk in, and I see the charts, and so it's familiar to me, and you know, I said, "Yeah, you know, I'll just file a flight plan and make it make it a weather forecast." You know? And it worked. Wow! So they brought me back, and um, a couple of years later, they decided they needed me more to do weather than they needed me to do sports, which was, uh, you know, a fortuitous uh, decision I made because it seems like uh, at the time they were diminishing the time they were giving the sports department mm. and increasing increasing the time on the air for weather. Well, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, uh, as the digital age has grown to where it is now, you know, we have a gentleman here in Chicago, Tom Skilling, and it seems like he gets the biggest segment uh, longer than sports, longer than, you know, some of the news segments, which is fascinating. Well, Tom, Tom deserves it. Tom deserves it. He's I mean, he's earned his stripes. He's been around for so long that, uh, I mean, you know, once you've been, I always say there's a 10-year period, that, and Tom's been there a lot longer than mm-hmm. that, when you, you, it's like being vested, you know? Sure. Or tenured, you know? And I think uh, unless you really uh, are, 
you know, and real, unless you really don't do half a decent job, if you've been there that long, people trust you. Right. And he certainly has that trust here in Chicago. I, we, we like to tease him when we're watching him because some of his forecasts are so long that when he gets to the end of it, he's got to just start a whole new one because it's like the next day, you know, and a, yeah, well, a new weather pattern that's, is, that's is coming his, in. That's his style. Yeah. And I was uh, just saying, like, if, been doing it for a long time. if you're explaining, like, in this exact very strong but calm voice that you have, like, if you were telling people about a hurricane the way you're speaking to me now, it, it wouldn't be so bad. You make it sound so nice. <laughs> well, you, you, you just try to make it so that they uh, can address the situation or uh, face the emergency in the best way they can. I mean, I never, uh, I never tell people what to do. I just tell them what the weather is going to do, and they know better than me how to prepare for especially snowstorms. Uh, mm. I don't know. I don't know whether you should close your school. Because, um, you know, I don't know if a school bus has an easy time getting down your street or has a tough time getting down your street. You know, sure. uh, if you live in the hills, you know, it's going to be a problem for a school bus. But if you live in a flat metropolitan area, probably there's not going to be that much snow to begin with. Right. The roads. So, in other words, I just, uh, I'll give them the best uh, information I can as to what kind of weather, what kind of conditions to expect and leave it up to them to decide what they want to do. That's fantastic. I've got Tom LeMain on with, uh, with me today, Danimal Planet Radio. You mentioned uh, the military. So how long were you a uh, naval uh, fighter four, pilot? Four years. Wow. During, during the Vietnam era. That's, I mean, that's, that's pretty exciting. Have you flown much since uh, your time? Yeah, in, I dabble. Uh, well, not, not privately because... Uh, well, once you fly jets, uh, once you've flown jets, Dan, you know <laughs> everything else is like a kitty car. So uh, <laughs> I wouldn't. And know. <laughs> not, only that, not only that, but it's an expensive hobby. And sure, uh, I've heard that. And yeah. I do. You know, I've flown with the Blue Angels when they come to town, and oh. Air Force Thunderbirds. I'll get invited to go up with them because they um, they would prefer having somebody up there in the second seat who knows what he's doing and we can have more fun when we're up there sure so uh, and I you know I'm still qualified to fly so um, that's that's my way of uh, taking a physical every year uh, <laughs> good way to put it um, being a native of Atlantic City it sounds like you're on several committees and associations are you still involved with a lot of these the uh, boardwalk committee one of them uh, that more, you mentioned more uh, more than when I last saw you. <laughs> no kidding. Well, you know what? Oh, yeah. Based on this conversation, I'm not surprised. So well, it's my hometown. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're four generations, Atlantic City, my family, and uh, and I have a vested interest in it just to make sure things go well and the town succeeds. Oh, that's wonderful. So I need to ask you as well, I've just spent the last six years living in Wyoming, um, a champion Western rider, uh, your horse, Sky King. Uh, mm-hmm. How did how did you get into to to riding? Was it hobby, and then you ended up competing? Yes, exactly. I, I never well, I never really had a connection until I, I met this uh, rancher who f- from uh, just outside of uh, Fort Worth, Texas, mm. and he he did this competition called Raining, and uh, uh, I got interested in it. I went out to his ranch a couple of times. He had a couple herd herd of cattle and. Uh, I did a drive uh, with him to get the herd back from the North 40, as they call it, <laughs> and uh, got to know how the 
I got to appreciate a cow horse and how how, uh, how smart and how important they are to a rancher. And sure. uh, the, the sport graining evolves out of that type of work that a ranch horse does. Yeah. And finally had a connection and uh and there was no there was no western competition in this part of the country, so I spent a lot of time on the road, Oklahoma, Texas, New Mexico and uh where the competition was to wow. uh, to compete and it was uh, something I really uh, enjoyed and it's, it was a different world getting in with those uh, you know cowboys that were in the business for uh, a lifetime and yeah. I was just in it for a short time it's a tough life <laughs> I got a lot a lot of friends it in is, Wyoming uh, yeah, and, and know, South Dakota that do that and that's uh, that's well, they, it's very admirable up there you know I mean uh, those people up there can uh, you know that, that's a lifestyle for a lot of these people and uh well, and, and I participated in the rodeo a couple of times, and I'll tell you that rodeo life, Dan, is uh, uh, you really got to be cut out for that. Oh <laughs> man! Well, as you know, as we just talked about the weather, like in Texas and Oklahoma, you're not factoring in these winters that we had in Wyoming. You know, uh, right? These guys exactly. are on their horses at you know the crack of dawn, rain or snow or shine. You know what I mean? So, well, you know, the, so speaking of Wyoming. Uh, there's a few television shows that I watch religiously. Man, I could put them on five fingers, I guess. <laughs> but one of them is Yellowstone, and uh, it's uh, it is uh, it is. I can tell that it's Kevin Costner's life. Yeah, he has a ranch out there, yep. and uh, and maybe it's a little bit Hollywoodized to a point. But um, to me, uh, even when they introduced a couple of series there, they showed raining. As a matter of fact, after last season's episode of uh, Yellowstone they would follow it up with a uh, a show called The Last Cowboy hmm. and that show that show dealt with what I did in uh, in horse competition oh wow so uh, and uh, yeah I'm a big I'm a big Yellowstone fan where did you come up with the name Sky King for the horse well you know you submit these names to the National Reigning Horse Association and you submit three in case they say well somebody already has the first one oh. so you go down the line to your second or third and, uh, you know, since I was a pilot and my horse was from the King Ranch in Texas, uh-huh. he, uh, I just put the two of them together and submitted it to the association, and his name was approved. You didn't want to include, like, radar or, you know, meteorology no, term at all? No, nothing, nothing, uh, nothing that dealt with weather. <laughs> uh, Sky because of, uh, yeah, uh, Sky because of my, uh, my, um, you know, history as a pilot oh, and, so and cool. king because my horse was from the King Ranch. Well, let's. Uh, I want to get back to the to the weather portion of this because, like, I mentioned Tom Skilling. Uh, have you seen that movie with Nicolas Cage? I think it's just called The Weatherman. Um, I, you know, it's more of a comedy, I guess. I you know, I did not did not see that one. Yeah, I mean, because I, I kind of knew what, I kind of knew what it was about, and I said maybe I better stay. Well, be different for you. Like you know, I'm I'm always yeah. skeptical about like you know, kind of music movies and musicals. Really, I, musicals don't really do it for me. But sure, um, sure. You know, there's like that love hate relationship, and that's a tough job. I mean, you're you're working in and around with these pieces of equipment that like okay they're telling me that this storm is coming so i'm telling you that this storm is coming how many times has it happened throughout the ages of life especially here in chicago they say oh we're going to get six to eight inches and everybody starts freaking out and then we get like flurries you know 
and everybody well, everybody's yeah. already ran to the store and they're going damn you tom skilling or whatever you know yeah well you know that's going to happen but uh don't forget if you're right 80 percent of the time which you if you're worth your salt as a weather forecaster if you're right 80 percent of the time then uh and that what does that mean you're 80 percent of the time for the five-day forecast right or you're 80 percent or 90 percent of the time for the 48-hour forecast i mean right. i i always used to uh you know, poo-poo doing a five-day forecast most of the time because I wasn't too sure what was going to happen after the third day. Sure. You know, and and it's, uh, I think uh, today they rely too much on technology as far, in particular, the, uh, the forecasting computer models. Uh, I, I've always looked at them as, as a guide, not gospel. I mean, sure. you're supposed to... You have to do your job as a forecaster. It has to be your forecast, yeah. not some machine's forecast. Or you, you have a feel. There's some things that the, the topography, the uh, your experience as to what the weather has been like and what to expect because of maybe you're near the river or you're near the lake. In the right. case of Chicago, or here, you know, in this part of the country, you got the river to the left and you got the ocean to the right, and you've got the uh, mountains to the north. And all three of those play a big factor in laying down your forecast. So the uh, computer can only give you so much of the way of guidance, but then you got to throw in your own opinion as to how the elements and how the topography and where you live is going to factor into your forecast. Absolutely, and like obviously, and then there's that whole your personality. I mean, you're 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 entering people's living rooms, you know, millions of viewers, I imagine, and so when they see you, they go, oh. You know, when we see Tom Skilling, we know we're going to get, you know, the best or one of the best around. So it's like, you know what? If anybody knows, it's probably that guy, you know? so Well, like I said earlier, if uh, he's been around that long, people have trusted him. Yeah. You know, the, the I, I don't, I've, we've heard about this for years in a sports term about the, you know, being a meteorologist and a sports guy. Like, any thoughts on the Philadelphia fans throwing snowballs at uh, Santa Claus? I mean, did you, is there is there actual proof of this? Yeah, that guy deserved to be. You know, what what happened was the guy, the guy who was supposed to be Santa Claus. I mean, a real, legitimately looking Santa Claus guy. He didn't show up. I mean, the weather the weather kept him from being at the game. So that's no so Philadelphia the guy. From, the Eagles public relations staff went into the crowd and 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 got some guy who was dressed up in a Santa Claus suit and a bad Santa Claus yeah. suit. And they brought him down oh, no. onto the field to do the presentation. <laughs> well, he was terrible. You know, and uh, they were they were better off just saying Santa Claus couldn't make it today. Yeah, his sleigh got and, a flat. Uh, you know, yeah. But getting back to the Philadelphia fan, you know, you can't you can't slip you can't slip this kind of stuff by Philadelphia fans. No. Yeah, they're too you know, don't you know, don't tell me that guy's Santa Claus. Get out of here. Yeah, you know? and I you know you hear about but, these you know, things. A story like that just it it carries on and on. Oh yeah, and it it, gr- it grows hairs, you know. And uh, and after a while, people say, "Oh, you're a town that throws snowballs at Santa Claus." <laughs> well, if that Santa Claus was in your town, you might have thrown snowballs at him too. Yeah, and I, you know, there's that like reputation. They say like, "Oh, the Philly fans are tough because of that one particular instance." They're passionate fans, just like any city. You know, they 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 love their teams. They're smart fans. 
like you said, you're not going to pull something over the, the you know over their eyes. But I went, you know, I messaged you back in the summer when I went to a Phillies game, at one of my favorite parks I've been to. I thought they were great. That they were, you know, they knew, you know, the people I was talking to. I'm out of town. I'm wearing a White Sox jersey, so I clearly didn't belong there. Um, but they were playing the Cubs. I'm not a Cub fan, but had a great experience. I thought the the food at the ballpark was great. The fans were super knowledgeable. So, you know, I'm Phillies one for one in my uh, sports experiences. Well, you you went to probably one of the best ballparks there is in the country. Yeah. I mean, that Citizens Bank Park is uh, beautiful. You know, there's so much so much to do. If you take your kids, and you know, maybe after the third or fourth inning, they get a little itchy. There's so many places for them to go in the outfield, beyond the field, and uh, to keep them entertained. And uh, in many cases, uh, when you go there and you take your family, um, the, the baseball game itself becomes a secondary. You know, incidental. Sure because there's so many other attractions at the ballpark. But, uh, yeah, you know, the Phillies will appreciate, the Philly fans will appreciate um, out-of-town teams, you know. Uh, you know, just as long as you don't talk smack. Once you, you know, once you have said something about, even if you are a member of a Philadelphia sports team, once you have said something negative about the, about the town or about the fans, or boy, I'll tell you what, if you don't live up to it the next you might as well just leave Philadelphia. <laughs> I mean, I've seen guys that just say they don't want to play here anymore. Good. Can you trade them tomorrow? Yep. And um, that's, uh, you know, you're, you're treading on thin ice when you start talking smack about well, yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah, especially, I mean, you know, the the hardworking Philly sports fan hears that in an athlete, especially if you're attending the games and stuff. Nobody wants to hear that that crap. Exactly. You know, you, you hear any of the, just the other day, where I heard an interview with uh, Ben Simmons, who plays uh, is a really good player for the Philadelphia 76ers right now, and he was an all-star. He was out in Chicago at the all-star yeah. game, and somebody interviewed him about just what you just said. What about the Philly fans? He said, they're blue-collar people. They love it when you just bust your tail, mm-hmm. and you act, and, and, and that, if you, if they notice you're, you're giving your best, you may not be the best guy on the team, but if they know you're fitting in to a, a position, and a role in your team, and you're playing well every game, they'll love you. Yep. You don't have to be a big star. They'll just uh, latch on to you because of what you're doing. No, that's fantastic. Well, Tom, I, I can't thank you enough, um, especially uh, this afternoon or this evening's kind of last minute, uh, hey, what are you doing? You know? <laughs> um, no, no problem at all. No and, uh, problem at all. You mentioned you're having a night off, so I'll let you get back to it. And uh, Really appreciate your time and uh, keeping in touch with me and everything. And uh, congratulations on everything that uh, that you've done and I continue to, see, to do. I hope to see you soon. You know, I really. Uh, I think you will. You know, uh, get, getting back to uh, Stu and Cosmo. I mean, they're two of the greatest guys I've ever known. Of yep. And you know, they look. They'll come to Atlantic City or somewhere nearby, and they'll say, "Where is Lemayne?" <laughs> you know, and if I don't if I don't show up backstage or something. They'll send out a troop for me or something, and that's <laughs> fine. And they they don't have to do that because they know I'll show up. Yeah, and uh, and you know I just have enjoyed their company over these years, and uh, I've always, you know, everybody knows I'm a CCR fan, and for um, you know for the the venues and the, and the genres of music that I've played in my career, for me to latch on to somebody like those guys, it really tells the people it's really saying something. And I was always glad to see you. When you're with the guys, and uh, I know I know they were thinking about slowing down or maybe packing it in all together, but I certainly would like to see you at least one more time. Yeah, I hope so too. And uh, any 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 trips I make to the area, I'll I'll certainly be in touch, of course. 
Look forward to getting together with you, Dan. No. Thank you. Have a great weekend, Tom. All right, you too, Dan. Thank you, and uh, go up there. Make sure that Rush team does a good job next year. I'll be watching them. Good. Me too. They're affiliated with the uh, Coyotes now. So with the uh, yeah, you know what? And the the coach of the Arizona Coyotes, a very good friend of mine, Rick Tockett. Oh, he was a great player from the time he played in Philadelphia. He and I are good friends, and he has really done a superior job with the Coyotes. And yeah. uh, and you know, uh, he, he only they only come to town once now because they're in the Western Conference. Sure. But I always look forward to seeing Rick, and he's really done a good job with the Coyotes and uh, bring some of those guys up from uh, Rapid City and uh, get them on the big team, and I'll be following them. I liked Rick when he was uh, on the Penguins for that short while. Yeah, yeah, he, he got himself a ring with the Penguins. Yep. He was assistant coach, and uh, he's uh, he's doing a good job at a tough conference with the Coyotes. He sure is. Well, thanks again, Tom. Have a great, great weekend. Look forward to seeing you, and keep in touch, Dan. I will. I certainly will. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Bye, Bye. Well, that was my conversation with Tom LeMaine. Um, as you heard, I mean, there's not much in uh, you know broadcasting and stuff that he hasn't done. And if you're a sports fan, you know it's impressive. It's just absolutely impressive. Works uh, in the NHL, NBA. Um, I'm sure we didn't even talk about it, but I'm sure he's dabbled in baseball and stuff. And uh, as a native of Atlantic City. Uh, just a proud, uh, as you mentioned, fourth generation of Atlantic City. Fantastic town. Um, the famed boardwalk. You know, it's pretty cool. So uh, I want to thank Tom for his time on the show today. And uh, just wonderful that we were able to uh, finally catch up and do that. So uh, always appreciative uh, of his time. You are listening to a podcast of Danimal Planet. For more information or to enjoy other podcasts, please visit danimalplanetradio.com. And welcome back. And uh, getting back to an old segment that I used to do here on the show, um, Danimal Planet used to be strictly like an all-sports show several years ago in Chicago when I started doing this this show and podcast um, in like 2013. Uh, But now it's you know uh, an array of topics not just uh, sports but having just uh, spoke to tom uh, about hockey and stuff like that uh, i'll be getting back into uh this uh, i'm happy to relaunch uh this segment which is called the big boy performer of the week and the big boy performer of the week is brought to you by your business right here meaning <laughs> advertising opportunities here folks uh, yes looking for sponsors for the show I'll just just throw that out there if I was wearing a tie I would tighten it right now so I'm like moving my tie right now Uh, so anyway it's time now for the big boy performer of the week I'm a big kid look what I can do I'm a man I can wear big kid pants too and I can pull them off and on mommy wow I'm a big kid now. And just recently, having just uh, spoken to Tom LeMaine about uh, hockey and, and some other sports things, so I'll just, uh, for the time being today, uh, keep on that subject. Just recently, the NHL and uh, NBC Sports have announced that the Chicago Blackhawks and St. Louis Blues will be playing a game coming up 
uh, here in Chicago on uh, March 8th, which also happens to be International Women's Day. So what I think is super, super cool that an all-female crew is going to broadcast this game. And uh, like I said, it's, it's going to be uh, played on March 8th here in Chicago. So this is from the press release. To celebrate International Women's Day, the Chicago Blackhawks game against the St. Louis Blues will be broadcast and produced by a crew entirely comprised of women. The announcement was made by NBC Sports uh, this past Sunday. Uh, the date is irrelevant at this point. Uh, the game, which will be played March 8th at the United Center, will air on NBCSN, and the network will deploy an all-women broadcast crew, studio crew, and production crew. Awesome. Uh, according to NBC Sports, Kate Scott will serve as the play-by-play announcer with former U.S. defenseman A.J. Oh, my God, I'm going to screw her name up. So, uh, uh, Molesko? I'm sorry, A.J. Uh, serving as a color analyst, current Team USA hockey star Kendall Coyne-Schofield, who's from... Uh, the area where I grew up on the south side near Palos Park. So congrats to Kendall. She will serve as the inside the glass announcer during the game, the network said. Uh, for in-studio coverage of the game, Catherine Tappan will serve as anchor with former Canadian hockey star Jen Botterill. Uh, serving as an in-studio analyst, uh, Renee uh, Haltlead. I'm, I'm just these names, you know. It, it doesn't even matter if I like pre-read them. I just can't pronounce them. We'll produce the game and Lisa Seltzer will direct the coverage of the game on NBCSN. So again, um, whether you're a sports fan or not, I think this is a huge thing to celebrate uh, International Women's Day. It's really cool because more and more you're seeing more women uh, sports announcers and there's some just fantastic analysts and sports announcers out there. So to see them get the main you know, national coverage uh, at an NHL game, especially here in Chicago, uh, so the big boy performer of the week is going to our women and celebrating International Women's Day. So um, if you listen to this podcast before this game takes place, it's going to be on Sunday, March 8th on NBCSN, which is available if you have any kind of TV package. Um, that's that's what it's going to be. So that's going to do it for Danimal Planet this edition. Thank you for tuning in. And I want to say, because... Uh, I just moved the studio and everything, and the show has uh, been moved to Chicago. And if you're a fan of the show, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate it. And uh, you can look forward to more podcasts on a regular basis and not, you know, months apart because uh, traveling and stuff like that, it's been hard to get down and, and you know, sit down and record some of these. So, again, I want to thank Tom LeMain. Thank you, the listener. And uh, be sure to tune in. Uh, to uh, other Danimal Planet podcasts by visiting danimalplanetradio.com. Listen, I've got to give a, a clue here now. I don't want any more bullshit anytime during the day from anyone. That includes me. You're a slacker. You want to be a slacker for the rest of your life? Tune in next week for another exciting show. That's the most asinine marketing I've ever heard of. For more information, visit danimalplanetradio.com. I don't understand where these questions are coming from. That's about it. Go yourself in the with your show. Yes. Yes, I'm your density. I mean, your destiny.